0: Feeling like summer, especially after all the rain and then the heat. It's uh, we're in the in nice time of the year, as they say. Hey, I have a couple announcements as you're opening up to the Book of Leviticus, as we will continue where we left off. Uh, the couple announcements that's coming up here this Saturday is the ladies' brunch, July seventeenth. So, ladies, if you haven't signed up out there to let them. Uh, ladies know who you're coming and if you're going to bring something, but I uh, highly encourage you to come. Uh, men, get your ladies out. Encourage them to come uh, at, uh, at uh, 10 o'clock here this, this coming Saturday. And also invite a friend. Uh, bring someone who may not have another opportunity if they go to another church or, or they don't go to church at all, family and friends that don't go to church. C- encourage them to come and join the ladies there. It's going to be a, a worshipful Time. Any questions? Certainly, uh, you can talk to uh, Kathleen. The other thing I want to highlight is July 31st is the Galactic uh, Star Bears. That's the Vacation Bible School. It starts. The check-in is at 9 a.m. and it will start at 9:30. It will end by 12:30, and then there's a family barbecue. So, even if you don't have children, if you want to come for the barbecue and just to fellowship with people and celebrate the kids going through BBS, uh, come join uh, during that period of time. It's geared toward children ages 4 to 11, so encourage you to bring. If you have a 12-year-old, bring the 12-year-old. If you have a 6-year-old a, a and a 7 and a 13, bring them i'm sure they will be have fun actually encouraging the kids in in the process we just want it to be a, a sweet time and invite friends invite someone that uh, to vacation bible school uh, that's connected to their friends they've been you know your kids have been ministering and trying to tell people about Jesus it might be a good opportunity for them to bring their friend with them so that they can go through that together so again the lord whatever lord is going to just do a work wonderful work there at VBS. So keep that in prayer for not being able to participate in any Just pray for the children and pray for all the workers and uh, teachers and helpers in that process. So I think that's it. Uh, um, Leviticus chapter 18. We will be picking back up where we left off in uh, the book of Leviticus here on Wednesday nights. If you remember, if you were with us last week, Chapter 17 was all about the sanctity of the blood, or the atoning blood of Jesus Christ, and how important that uh, that is. It leads us into chapter 18, which is also a sanctification around sexual morality. Uh, that's the a light subject tonight on a on a on a warm night here uh, is all about uh, sexual morality. Hopefully you've read ahead, so this is just a, just bringing clarity on some of the things you were reading. If not, certainly you can meditate on these things later on. But uh, certainly hope this is an encouragement to actually reach out to those you may know who are in sexual immorality. And uh, they need to hear this teaching as well. Uh, but in chapter 18, we will see very clearly that God declares, I am the Lord your God. <laughs> and he reminds the, the, his people, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Remember, Lord means master. I, de- I determine how you live. You don't get to determine how you live, and especially when it comes to sexual immorality or sexual mortality, you have to, or morality, you have to make sure you understand that God rules over that part of your life as well. And you are to behave in a way that is unlike that which you saw as he's speaking to the, 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 his people. Do not act like the Egyptians act when you lived there for 400 years. And now I'm bringing you into the promised land and you think it's going to get better? No, the Canaanites were even worse when it came to these kinds of things. And you, my people, are not to act like the world that you come out of or the world you're, you're, in, in, you're in and around today. There is a way you're to behave as a child of God. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. So we see here in Leviticus 18, first, first five verses, then the Lord spoke to Moses. Remember, anytime you see. Through the chapter uh, 17, now it's 18, we'll see in nineteen, twenty. it starts out by saying, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. It means there's a transition, they're switching subjects, it's a new context, a new subject matter taking place here. And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God, according to the doings of the land of Egypt where you dwelt, you shall not do. <laughs> The things that were going on in Egypt, that is not for you. You're not to do those things. Don't live like that world that you're coming out of, out of Egypt. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do. Again, where I'm taking you, you are not to be living like those in the world. That is not you. You shall not do, and nor shall you walk in their ordinances, their ways, their customs, their rituals, their way of life. That is not how you're going to live. Yes, they're surrounding you. Yes, they, you're going to see them all day long, and all and everything that's coming on. But that is not how you live. You shall observe my judgments. Now, there he's telling them. Now, how should you live? He doesn't say don't do that, but then he teaches them what you're supposed to do. It's like a parenting. You don't tell kids don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But you've got to tell them what they are to do. You got to teach them what they're supposed to do. What is their right behavior? How they're supposed to respond? How they're supposed to greet? How they're supposed to to to, to To follow through. Don't just tell them not to do something. You've got to tell them what the right way to live and how to respond. That is true parenting. So you're to observe my judgments. You're to keep my ordinances. To walk in them. You're not just to to know them. You're to walk in them. You're supposed to do. Not just hearers of the word. But you're supposed to be doers of the word. That is what he's saying to them at that point. We see it in the New Testament as well. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them, I am the Lord. Again, he starts off by saying, don't forget, I'm the one who purchased and brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one that's taking you in the promised land. I'm the one that forgave you. I'm the one that's going to bring you to heaven. He's reminding us today. Why? Because he's Lord. He started off, I am your Lord, your God. And at the very end, I am the Lord. That doesn't change. Before God gave a single commandment in this area of sexuality, He first establishes the foundation of why He says what He says. I am the Lord. It's my way. That's what you're to do, and that's how you're to live. You shall live by them. He declares the principle, you belong to me, and you shall not do as the world does. But sadly, the Christians today often take this standard of sexual conduct from the world. They live like the rest of the world because you think as a child of God, you get to do whatever you want to do with your bodies. I can have sexual relationship however I want to. That's how the world lives. And he says, no, you don't live like the world. And clearly, Christians should be different from the world when it comes to their sexual morality, and they should follow the biblical standard of sexual morality. That is truth. That's the standard. And I know some people listening to this are going to say, that's the Old Testament what you're going to cover. Well, you're here listening to this for a reason, because it still applies even in today, the New Covenant. He just summarizes it very clearly for us. But you go back and we'll read to Romans there at some point, and you're going to clearly see. See, he taught the same things. It's just all the details are right here. But if man does, he shall live by them. There's the promise. If you live by the way I'm telling you, then it's good and it's right. Because obedience to God's standards of, in regards to sexual conduct is essential for your life. And nevermore is true in our days that we deal with and with all the... the um, uh, Diseases that are happening because of going outside the will of God and standards of how your sexual conduct, you, uh, how you live out your sexual conduct. Why do you think it's, it's so many transmitted, that's the word I was thinking of, sexual transmission, transmitted diseases and the perversions and AIDS and all these kinds of things are so rampant. Because you're outside of God's standards, out of God's ways. And you can ignore it, you can kind of rationalize it, you can do whatever you want to. But if you've ever had to live through a sexual transmitted disease, or AIDS, or you under and came out of that, you understand the regret, and the shame, and the guilt that you had, and now God has cleansed you, He's forgiven you, you're as white as snow, but you're probably still dealing with issues from the sin that you committed. You're dealing with those because they don't go away. Unless the Lord has completely healed you, it doesn't go away. And you're always reminded of the past and mistakes. But you've got to move on because uh, you will have a new body uh, in the the near future. We see here in verse 6 through 9, he's going to lay out some guidelines and boundaries when it comes to incest among your immediate family and it's prohibited it is not to happen and there is no room for negotiation in this when it comes to God and you'll clearly see that it says none of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness it's a very nice sweet way of saying you cannot have a sexual intercourse with anyone in your near your near kin period That's a nice way of him saying it here. I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father and the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. He's saying you're not just having a relationship with your mother. You're uncovering me as your father in regards to this. Why? Because your mother and I are one. We became one and you can't mess with my wife. That it is it's not prohibited. It's not right. It's not good. It is against God. So that's not negotiable where you're sitting there going, oh, I'm going to sleep with my father's wife because she's 20 years younger than he is. Is on his third wife. No, that is not even going to happen in your mind as a Christian. Cannot happen. The nakedness of your sister. The daughter of your father. Don't forget this is the daughter of your father. What are you thinking of that you're going to sit there and you think your sister's so beautiful that you're going to lay with her? That is not negotiable. You cannot do that. Whether born at home or otherwise, their nakedness you shall not uncover. Just because it's someone distant sister or it was a sister of another mother, it's no, you cannot rationalize that in your mind. Why does God have to tell us these things? Because that's what was happening in those times. That was what, how Egypt lived. That's how the Canaanites lived. And he says, you will not live like this as a child of God. That is not how you think. You must not allow those feelings to dominate in your head. Those, that's just absolutely perverted. And don't even go down that path. He doesn't, he doesn't. He's not softening this. And I won't teach it softening of this. Because I want you to hear clearly what God is saying here. These are not negotiable. 17 times we see, do not uncover his nakedness. To uncover his nakedness, he's over and over. A very just polite way of saying sexual relationship with someone. And it has less to do with nudity, especially casual nudity, than, than with sex. However, the term uncovered nakedness is a very broad term as well, enough to include ideas of inappropriate activity that has anything to do with sexual intercourse. Even molestation is part of this deal. Your net is never to happen, molestation. And God sees all things. That's why he's reminding him I am your Lord, I see all things, I know all things. I'm everywhere. The nakedness of your father, your nakedness of your mother, you shall not uncover. Sex between parents and children, parents and stepchildren, parents and between siblings, both birth or by marriage or anything. That's all condemned. That is not to even be negotiated. You would think, why are we even teaching this? That's just, that's not right. We all know that. No, you don't know. always know that. You know that now because you have a clarity of mind. But you're talking about people of this world and people who are not understanding that the fact that when you take God out of your life and you just have no godly influence in your life, and I'm going to repeat this later on, You will, mind will go anywhere and do anything when it comes to your out of control sexual conduct. It's a sexual drive is so out of control and so it's such an overdrive. You can't control yourself unless you're controlled by the Spirit of God. And so you have to understand this from a perspective here of someone who is an unbeliever or a believer supposedly who's not living like a believer but living cardinally. They're out of control and the sex drive will kick in and they were capable of doing anything. Your heart is so wicked, the scripture says, you are capable of doing anything. That's why the fallacy out there that says follow your heart, follow your heart is so wrong biblically. Do you know that? Because the Bible says it's so wicked, You who's to know it? Don't follow your heart. Follow the, the, the truths of God. And you will not go wrong. But this whole subject matter is so gross. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're studying this for a few days, trying to get into the details of it. It'll make your head spin to think people live like this. And they do. But just think about our society. It is absolutely rapidly degenerating in front of our eyes. Things that were gross, that would never have happened, especially out in the light. It's always behind the scene, in the closet, whatever you want to call it, in the darkness. It is absolutely flaunted in society across the world out in plain daylight. And this is what happens when a society is spiraling down out of control because of the absence of God. Darkness will cause a spiraling down and the depravity and degeneration of a society happens. This type of sex between people in these types of relationships is wrong and must be stopped immediately. Completely repent of it. God will forgive you. He loves you. He wants to restore you. He wants to help you. But you have to make the choice. You need to repent. You need to turn around and walk away from the things that we're talking about tonight. Sex among people in these relationships is condemned, even if they are adults. They are not merely commands against child-adult sexual relationships, but even adults. It is a sin for a man to have sex with his stepmother. Even if they are both consenting adults, it is wrong and should never happen. Why? Because we are going to see it's both moral and genetic reasons are wrong. That's why you are not to do the things that God commands. Surveys have shown any kind of inbreeding that takes and occurs across a society within a community, it brings about genital uh, congenital mal- malformations, uh, uh Pre- prenatal mortalities, environmental factors, the genes. There's all kinds of things that happen to a person's body for interrelations and marriage because of the gene pool has been contaminated over the years. And now they're trying to bring the, the genes together. There's proven scientific risks of this. That's why it's, it's proven 30% risk of, un, of, of underdevelopment ment, uh, mentally of someone who's an offspring of someone who is a parent a parents that are part of the sibling or next to kin. It's too close and it causes all kinds of problems. In some societies... We, people joke about it, like it's funny, have you ever been to such and such a state? Uh, I heard that coming up even to this community coming up here. These are kinds of things should not happen anyway, it's just not a joking matter. It's a, it shows that there's generation upon generation of sin issues that need to be dealt with by God doing God's way, by reaching the, through the love of God to reach the people of a community that thinks this is Okay. It's not okay. These commands would naturally prohibit the marriage between brother and sister or mother and son. All of these things are naturally, from a natural law perspective, things were set up. But if you notice, our laws are changing and things are allowing to have happen when it comes to marriage that's outside the will of God. It used to be part of our laws and now the laws are changing and allowing other kinds of sexual conducts of what we refer to as marriage now that clearly goes against the word of god that means there's going to be consequences within that society and we've seen it in other societies why because marriage is a social institution is regarded throughout the scripture as a cornerstone for all s- structural societies that are sound and good and their purity and integrity within that society and it's protected by the foundation or an example of a good, solid biblical marriages. And when that marriage is attacked, which is why it's very much attacked by the enemy, it causes the society to fall apart. The whole thing here about the father's the nakedness of your father's wife, you shall not uncover it because it's your father's nakedness, is talking and speaking clearly about the fact that. That woman, that his wife, belongs to the husband, and that's it. No one else. No one else should be touching his wife. God is sitting there saying to his people, You have to understand the way I designed marriage from the very beginning between Adam and Eve. There should be no shame, there should be no guilt, there should, they were naked and they weren't ashamed of guilt at all. And then sin entered. And then all kinds of problems happen now. It continues here in verse 10 through 18 where the application of this command about incest. He says, the nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness you shall not uncover, for theirs is your own nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, forgotten by your father, she is your sister, you shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister, she is your near of kin to your father. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is near of kin to your mother. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. You." you shall not approach his wife she is your aunt you shall not uncover the nakedness of your da- your daughter-in-law she is your son's wife you shall not uncover her nakedness you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife it is your brother's nakedness you shall not uncover the nakedness of a of a woman and her daughter Nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near of kin to her. It is wickedness. This is not, that's not preferable. Eh, That kind of sounds kind of weird. No, it's wickedness. Call it the way God calls it. It's wickedness. Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. <laughs> and so this is all wickedness. These things that people even think about and their, their sex drive is so out of control because their sex drive is their God. And their God is a false God, and that false God is driving them to do things that are unnatural, not right, not good. And there's consequences not only for the person that's involved that you're pursuing and, and, and going after. But it affects everyone around those people, all the family and friends and stuff. And it also, we will see, it includes it comes a consequence upon your life. So it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect you and some consenting woman that's Mexican. It affects the entire family unit and the people in society and community. You have to understand the consequences of what God is saying to his people. And it is absolutely wicked and forbidden. God condemns sexual relations between many different relationships here. Grandparents and grandchildren by blood or by marriage. Not to happen. Uncles, aunts, nieces, nephews. Off limits. Parents and the spouses of their children. Siblings and the spouses of their siblings. The children of a spouse. The siblings of a spouse. All of those are off limits and shouldn't even be even entertained in your thought. Because it's sin. That's God's law. That's God's boundaries. These are not negotiable. Now we get to verse 19. Also you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is in her customary impurity. We see this highlighted back in Leviticus 15.19 that says when she's impure, when she's having her period that time of the month, you are not to go and uncover her. You're not to lay with this woman. It, you become unclean. you become impure. And the consequence is that you have to go and, and do a ceremony. Because you're, you're c- ceremonially unclean, you have to observe the ceremonial cleanliness process we talked about in, in chapter 15. And the penalty was to perform that ritual washing. And it had to be done. And you were to stay out of the camp. You had to stay. You couldn't be out and around anybody that night. And then finally, after the evening, you could come back in. But there's consequences. He says, don't. When a woman is in that part of the period of her that month do not lie with this woman chapter verse 20 moreover you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her so right there it says you are not to lie carnally you're not to lie like you're just after the flesh You're not to just say, oh, I feel like lying with my neighbor's wife. This is, you know, I just have those needs. You know how guys are. And this is what I am. I've always been told this is is the way guys are because of our nationality that we just get to just sleep around as much as we want. I've heard that more times than you can imagine. It drives me nuts when I hear that from young men. That they rationalize because their father, their father's father, father, father said, "Oh yeah, this is the way we are, son. We just were this nationality, and we sleep around. This is what we do." Let me make it clear to you, young men: you cannot rationalize because your father had a lust problem, and your grandfather had a lust problem, and your great grandfather had a lust problem that you can justify having a lust problem today. Okay? Why don't you stop the generation upon generation issue so that your sons don't? grow up having a lust issue and going out and living like we're telling right now you shouldn't live. Because you won't be able to control that young man if you tell him it's okay to go sleep with women before you get married and if you can sleep with women after you get married. As a Christian. Can I tell you right now that just drives me nuts to hear you as a Christian tell me that it's okay to sleep with someone before and after marriage. It's carnality. It's carnality. It's unrepented sin. Check your heart and check your if you're saved or not. Because you if you're saying habitually that's okay and you have no problem with it, check your salvation. That should not happen. Are you clear? Is it clear? Amen. It doesn't get any easier here. So I know it's going to be stepping on some toes here, but I, I, just think of it as a surgical moment. You're in the OR. The Anesthesia will come across over here at the end when the Holy Spirit comes across, and you repent and you give your life to Christ. Okay, it, it's coming. But you should now lie cardinally with your neighbor's wife. It's the seventh commandment he's saying here in Exodus 20, 14. This is, not a, this is very clear. This is not something new here he's teaching. He's condemning it. You can't say, My partner doesn't understand me, or we are in love, and God leads us to be with each other because he, God wouldn't keep me from love, would you? God is a God of love, so He's going to let me have love. He's not going to let me be in misery. So many people are tempted to adultery. Do not consider the consequences, the fact that you are defiling yourself. Yeah, you might say, oh, how is this going to affect my spouse? Or how is this going to affect my girlfriend? Or how is this going to affect my kids? Or how is it going to affect my parents? Or how is it going to affect my my people around me? No, you have to understand it affects everyone, but it also defiles you. defiles you it reveals the fact that you're an unfaithful uncontrolled person and so God is saying to his people here I understand where you're coming from I understand where I am leading you to. I understand the community that you're living in and amongst, that you have to work and you have to raise a family. I understand this. God's warning them of the pressures. He's warning them of the temptations that are going on and what it's going to go on into the new land. They are unacceptable and unallowable. You cannot justify. But God, you led me to this community. You led me into this place. Didn't you? You're, you're, it's your fault, God. You cannot blame God. If you do what I say, God is saying, if you do what I say, you will have life. You will able to do it. If you compromise and do go against what I'm telling you, you're going to die. That's what He's saying to him. You want to live or you want to die? It's one of those. It's one of those deciding factors. It's your choice, because you and I have a choice. Then we see in verse 21, And you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Moloch, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. What is he saying here? If you remember and understand who Moloch is, a foreign god... The Canaanites had—he is actually, if you look at the term here, this a pagan god is a demon. It's—it's—it's it's, it's really more accurate. Moloch represented demonic force going on. They created this statue of Moloch that had arms and it was—it was had fire in it and it was so hot. It was, you couldn't even get near it, but they would take their babies and they would lay them on the arms of Moloch and would just kill the babies of the torturing heat on that hot metal. And they would beat the drums so loud so that you wouldn't hear the screaming of that little child. Demonic. But keep it in context. Why is God saying to Moses to tell the people, don't be messing around with this this, this through the passing your descendants, your children, through the fire of Moloch? Because what it is is all about sexual morality here. So he says, when you're having children that you don't want to have, you cannot take them to Moloch and kill your babies. And get rid of them because you don't want your babies. We call it abortion today. Instead of Moloch and having on something where it just fries your baby, they take saline and pump it into the woman to fry the baby that way. So don't think it's anything different. Like somehow our society is better than it was back in those days because it's not the same demonic spirit that leads people to abortion and selfishness to do those kinds of acts is the same thing that was going on here and God says you cannot do that. The Canaanites do that and and, and Egyptians had other methodologies but you do not do that. And nor shall you profane the name of God I am the Lord. Obviously, God would condemn such abomination. It's abomination. It's infanticide. It's it's death and killing of babies. It is children, illegitimate children that they didn't want. They said, let's just kill them. It's part of the fruit of immoral sexual conduct that is going on in the lives of people. doesn't get any easier verse 22 you shall not lie with a male as with a as with a woman it's an abomination god makes it very clear for us and anyone who's reading the scriptures you are not there's not to be homosexual conduct whatsoever man you are not to lie like you're lying with a woman with another man woman you're not to lie with another woman like you're lying with a man that is never to happen But I'll hear it. And I've heard it many times. But that's the Old Testament. God is a God of love. He knows. He accepts everything and anything. Right? No. Go read Romans chapter 1 verses 24 through 32. God clearly calls homosexual sex as an abomination. It was part of the idolatrous perversion that was happening then and is happening today. And it's, we see it which were... they. They were just, God pointed it out so clearly to the Israelites who were backslidden and walked away from the the statues and the ordinance of God and were went into the world. We see it in 1 Kings 14. We see it in 1 Kings 15 and 1 Kings 22 where he says, That's idolatry. You're going into things you're not supposed to do. It's perversion. It's idolatry perversion and you're not to do it. Now, I'll touch on the hot spots here that many people may not like. But it's it's true. And I know it's hard when you don't, if you're apart from God, you just don't understand this teaching. Because your flesh drives you. Your mind, your emotions drive you. So when you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you say, you're telling me that God says it's an abomination, I thought God loved me because that is how God created me. I was born like this. It's God's fault. He created me like this. These homosexual desires. I was born this way. God made me homosexual. It's my nature to be homosexual. It would be against my nature to be heterosexual. How can this be? And I'm going to simply tell you why. The problem is that the Bible says we are all sinners by nature. That is why you're struggling with your nature. Because you're a sinner by nature. Not a single person is born without an attraction to some kind of sin or sins in some way, some form, or or another. You have a lust sin problem. And we should not say that God made the homosexuals. He did not make homosexuals. If anybody who made homosexuals was Adam's sin that brought sin into the human race, that is why you and I were born sinners. And we were born, and some have certain sins that dominate, and others do not. And some who have a tremendous sexual lust issue, their sex drive controls them and it controls them for women or over controls them for men or women vice versa our inborn attraction to sin justifies nothing the one who practices homosexuality can be more justifying himself by saying i was born this way it's just rationalization It's just like the opposite of that coin. What happens if someone says, because I was born this way, I am so attracted to women so much that I can't control myself for women. It justifies my hate towards someone else who does not like women. You can't rationalize that. You can't justify that. Many justify homosexual practice on the base of love. How can it be wrong to love someone of my own sex? How can love be wrong? Isn't love what God is all about? Just think that through a little bit. And take that rationalization and realize how stupid it is. Because that means if you love your children, does that mean you get to have sex with your children? No. No. You cannot use love as a justification to do whatever you want to do within the context of the sexual morality we're talking about or anything else. You can't use it. The Bible in no way condemns love between people of the same sex. What he condemns is the sexual conduct between those people is sin. You are to love your brother. You are to die for your brother. You are to do whatever you can do for your brother. But sexual intercourse or sexual conduct with the same sex is forbidden. It's forbidden. Doesn't get any easier. You think that's bad? It's spiraling down. Look at verse 23 that God warns them about that was taking place in those days. Nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it. Nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. So God links this homosexuality to the next level of depravity. Now you're mating with animals. It's called bestiality. It's actually a condition that people get treated for because they think it's a disease. No, it's a, just like homosexuality, bestiality, any out of control lust is an abomination and it's not a disease, it's a sin issue. This passage in verse 23 prohibits what may seem obviously perverted to most that we can see apart from the bible apart from understanding the morality of set standards of god's standards it will eventually lead to people doing bestiality homosexuality and it will go right into bestiality and pedophilia look at how rampant pedophilia is in the news everywhere we turn nowadays do you think that just just started appearing no, society is unraveling and it's just becoming more and more apparent and more and more are just falling to this lustful sin nature that has unrepented and are not following God. Because apart from God, you have these kinds of perversion that God says. These are not my words. This is God's word. Understand what I'm telling you. I'm just teaching you what the word of God says here. God's the authority. I'm not the authority. He says, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord God. I didn't say me. Not my standards here. This is God's word saying here. And the word perversion means twisted or confused or distorted. And that's what perversion is happening. It's all kinds and more and more accepted today. It's accepted as a normal practice. Wrong will be right. Right will be wrong. It's all twisted. On what basis do we say that one is wrong? Or what is unnatural? Or another is not unnatural for another? If there's no God... Then there's everything is permissible. It's a matter of opinion and preference, and nothing else. That is what we're seeing laid out. That God's warning His people: the Egyptians, the Canaanites, whatever their opinion is, whatever they feel good, whatever they feel natural to do, follow their. They think their heart. is actually feel, they're just following their lustful nature. That is because of the absence of God. God is not controlling your life. But the truth is, regardless of how we feel about this subject, the truth is, is God does does have standards, and we will be held accountable to those standards. And lastly, verses 24 through 30. It's like a summation here. The urgency to obey God's command for sexual morality. He says, Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by these things the nations are defiled. So it's not just you defiled, it's not just the people you're sleeping around defiled. A nation will become defiled. What will happen if that happens? which I am casting out before you, for the land is defiled. Therefore, I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out in its inhabitants. He's telling his people, I'm bringing you in the land of Canaan. These people are so perverted and so out there, the way they're killing their babies and they're sleeping around out of control... It is, I'm going to, it's defiled the land, so I'm using you to go in and take out the people out of that land, and you're going to possess the land. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. All of these abominations the men of the land have done, and you were before. Who who were who were before you, thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it, as it is vomited out the nations that were before you. So God's warning them: don't you think that I'm using you to get push people out of this land because of their their wickedness, their perversion? If you do the same thing, guess what's going to happen to you? You're my people, you'll be, you'll be ousted here. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore you shall keep my ordinance, so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am the Lord your God. See, our, our modern society doesn't see any problem with sexual conduct that goes against God's word. They, they justify that yet yeah, maybe it's just a few over here that do this, but you have to accept me as it is we love the person it's just not the sin the sin is what's wrong the person has to repent has to change and and ask for God's forgiveness to be cleansed from that and be changed and have their minds transformed so that they don't see that the things that they're doing that's perverted that's twisted that's absolutely wrong against God going against the nature of God They need to understand that God will forgive them. He paid for the penalty of their sins to help them to come out of that sinful nature and to have a new nature that God gives, a nature of righteousness, a covering that will change their lives. They do not have to continue to be controlled by the lust of their flesh. We have the answer to help them. We have the answer, of God's answer, of His grace and His love and His mercy upon their lives to change this community. To change an entire family structure. To help an individual to be back on track according to God's way so that they can have a healthy, beautiful, godly sexual relationship with the opposite sex as God designed it. Remember, God designed the sexual, sexual drive. But you got to do it his way. He designed marriage. But just do it his way. He designed relationships. He says just do it his way. If you want to live. Because if you don't do it that way, it will kill off other people. It will ruin a society. It ruins families. It ruins relationships. It ruins your life. And he warned them. I'm using you to go... And because the land's defiled because the way they're living and I'm coming in and I'll use you to remove them from their land. Judgment upon the Canaanites because of their sexual perversions. God is going to de- defeat and displace every single one of those Canaanites. They will no longer r- rule and live in that land the way they did. That should be a warning even for us today. That why would we not understand because we're watching our nation spiral out of control exactly like the Canaanites and the Egyptians. Why do you think that God is going to spare this nation who accepts and exploits what goes against God? He won't. Expect judgment that will come. Because it's going to come. Don't know when. Don't know how. But it will come. Father, we thank you for your word. And I do pray, Lord, first of all, clearly you have shown us how your people are to live and not live. And I pray for your grace of your Holy Spirit right now to just wash over all the people here and all the ones that are going to listen to this message and recognize, first of all, you would not have given this to your people and for us tonight if you didn't love us, to warn us of the consequences of living after our flesh. Outside of your will, and there's consequences on our life, consequences on those around our lives, and the consequence even to a nation. So I pray, Lord, the Holy Spirit will move over those who may have been didn't understand, it didn't know, wasn't saved, and had an abortion. That your grace is sufficient, and that they've repented, and you've forgiven them, and that you have that baby in your hands now in heaven. And that you forgive them because they've repented. And they can live for you. And then use that as a testimony of your grace and your mercy for others. If there's anyone here, Lord, who has had an adulterous relationship. Who is, his, his, has in the past lived like that. But then you change them. You save them. Now, may your grace reform just flush over them again, Lord, reminding them that you've forgiven them and you've set them free and that your grace is and your love for them, that you've forgiven them and they're as white as snow. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who's been sleeping with the same sex may in the past, that they too, Lord, understands of your grace and your mercy and that you they have repented, if they've repented and they've given their life to you and know that you're Lord, your are master of their lives and they've surrendered all of that, that your grace has forgiven them, they've been washed, they've been cleansed and they've been forgiven for eternity. Lord, may your grace and your Holy Spirit just wash over them. But I also, too, pray, if there's anyone who is currently in, find themselves in that mess of any kinds of relationship, that they heard your message tonight, they will recognize your love and your grace and your mercy upon their lives, and will give them a second chance that they would repent right now completely and do about face and walk away immediately from that relationship. Stop doing what they're doing sexually with that person or animal and that they would walk away from that perversion, that degradation and surrender their life to you and ask for forgiveness. And you will forgive them and set them free from that debauchery. May you have your way in each and every person's life. We pray, Lord, you will have your way and your grace would be The way of grace would just cover the hearts of the multitude. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you if you have any questions, please. Fellowship, and we will see you soon and very soon. Amen. God bless you. Love you.